Okay, welcome to this very, very special air quotes episode of this air quotes podcast, Muscular Pro Wrestling Volkswagen, Muscular Pro Wrestling Bed Edition, because I recorded in the car, but the whole time my microphone was like brushing up against my shirt, and it was awful, and I, I liked what I said, kind of, but it's not listenable, which is kind of a shame because you won't get to hear me talking about like, oh my god, there's a cop. And as you know, I'm delightful. Um, and so this has kind of like been rehearsed once, unintentionally, of course. But welcome to Muscular Pro Wrestling uh, Bed. I am in bed because I am now home from my lifting class and I am exhausted. <laughs> I don't know if you go to the gym infrequently and you lift and you're like, the next day you can't walk. That happens less and less when you lift on a regular basis, but it still happens sometimes. And oh my God, my legs hurt so much because I sprained my shoulder. If you can believe it, I sprained my shoulder taking pro wrestling classes like a cool person. And since then, I am pretty much exclusively doing legs and abs because I'm not doing arms because I can't really bear a bunch of weight on my shoulder. So I'm going to be fucking swole, but oh my god, it's been like every time everyone else is doing bench press or something, I'm doing more squats. <laughs> and people are doing thrusters, I don't know if you know what that is, or they're doing strict press, which is where you just like lift the bar over your head when you're standing. And whenever people are doing that, I am doing squats. <laughs> so my knees and like leg muscles have been taking a lot of punishment lately because of my stupid shoulder because of my stupid me so anyway i'm in bed it's it's nice otherwise but you won't get to hear the delightful sounds of like my turn indicator and me driving over rough roads and stuff so i re i recorded an episode on tuesday that was about big surprise the golden lovers I wanted to talk about the Golden Lovers because they have a match coming up against each other on Saturday, I guess, in the wee hours of the morning for me, but in Japan Saturday night. And I wanted to talk about the emotions leading up to this match. I, I've talked about their history before, but I wanted to talk about like the dynamic that's between them right now. And I ended up writing a tweet thread about it instead. And I did record a podcast of me talking about it. I guess if people want me to, I can upload it. It has similar content to the tweet thread. If you want to read this tweet thread, I don't know if anyone listening to this is not aware of my Twitter. I don't really know where I'm getting people listening to this. But my Twitter handle is at effing boring. E-F-F-I-N-G boring. Effing boring. <laughs> it's the pin tweet. I wrote a Golden Lovers thread many months ago that got kind of popular. And this is the continuation of that special Budokan edition. Anyway, I want to talk talk about tag teams in general because I really feel that tag team wrestling is super underappreciated as a storytelling medium. One thing that Kenny Omega and I really do agree on, one non-Kota Ibushi related thing that Kenny and I, Omega and I really agree on, is that tag team wrestling is not really taken seriously. It's underrated and it's always seen as like a stepping stone to somewhere else. Promotions are built around singles wrestling and the stories and feuds are built around individual people and of course everyone wants to be a star but kenny made this point in a recent interview that like you're never going to see tag team wrestling 
headlining a show. You're never going to see a main event that's tag teaming, although he was like just about to main event Strong Style Evolved, which was the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. But he's right in general that tag team wrestling is not really seen as something serious enough to invest in in that way. And I think that's whack because there's so much cool storytelling potential in tag team wrestling. And the reason for that is while you have these feuds that are just one team feuding with another team, you also have the internal dynamics of the tag team. And with that comes extra layers of story that might not otherwise be there. And then you also have interesting things like if one member of the tag team has some kind of relationship with a member of the other tag team, the first tag team person's partner also has some kind of stake in that. Are they supporting their tag team partner? Are they trying to stay out of it? So there's just a whole bunch of underrated ways that you can tell stories with tag teams. Obviously, the Golden Lovers is my favorite tag team. And one of the reasons for that is the lovers part of their name is in kayfabe, not a joke, they're lovers. So their story is a love story between two tag team partners who are also singles wrestlers who are also trying to achieve things on their own but a love story is something that people can relate to and that has so many deep levels of emotion and so a tag team who are lovers has just so much storytelling potential in terms of loyalty and relationships to other people and relationships to each other it's one of the best examples i can think of of how tag team wrestling offers so much more opportunity for storytelling. You could tell a love story between two singles wrestlers, but they don't have a narrative reason to be in the same place. A tag team, they're together all the time. And you have all kinds of different tag team dynamics. You have people who are odd couple, thrown together by circumstance. You have people who are like best friends. You have siblings. You have all kinds of different dynamics within tag teams. One interesting thing that I saw recently, or that we all saw recently, I guess, was the Young Bucks. Specifically the way that they dealt with the bullshit between Kenny and Cody. If the Young Bucks were just two singles wrestlers, there would be no tension. They're best friends with Kenny, they love the Bullet Club, but they're brothers. There's nothing that's more important than that to them. So you get this really interesting dynamic where you saw that they weren't exactly in alignment on everything all the time. There were a lot of times when Matt was a lot more vocally angry and Nick just kind of had to stand back and support him. Even though you could tell that Nick wasn't feeling that intensely, Nick was sort of like, dude. <laughs> but there was no way he was gonna say that in front of someone else because that's his brother. And if they were just two members of the same faction that disagreed, whatever. It could be that they have a feud, they hate each other for a little while, whatever stuff happens, there's potential that they can break up or that they can sort of move apart or have some kind of schism between them. This Bullet Club bullshit is obviously not going to tear them apart, they're brothers. So you have that extra layer where they're stuck together. The Young Bucks are ride or die for each other they have both said multiple times they wouldn't be wrestlers if they couldn't be a tag team. So you have all these interesting moments where Matt is like really charged up and pissed about something and Nick is just standing off to the side trying to be supportive to his brother but also trying to temper his brother. And I think that it adds some realness to what would otherwise be 
a kind of basic feud between two people who have big egos and are both assholes and want to be the leader of this faction. Another neat example that we've seen lately of two brothers who are a tag team is G.O.D., the Guerrillas of Destiny. And right now there's this storyline where Tangaloa, Tamatanga, and Bad Luck Fale have gotten fed up with well, basically like the the white members of the Bullet Club. There's not really another way to put it. The white members of the Bullet Club have kind of been doing their own thing for a little while. And the Tongans, the three of them, kind of just turned on the rest of the Bullet Club. And they've been using this G1 to make a statement. They've been throwing matches and ruining things because they are super pissed about the way that they've been treated. They feel that they were abandoned by the rest of the Bullet Club. And they now are going to do stuff for themselves. And I know I said the white members and they kind of also turned on Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp. He felt very betrayed by the Tongans. They left him out too. And Taiji Ishimori is in the Bullet Club as well, but he hasn't been around at all during the G1. So what I think is really interesting is they have this really distinctive dynamic of people who have felt wronged and sort of like sat in a room and talked about it and gotten angrier and angrier and angrier. And so where the Young Bucks were like kind of divided but stuck together, G.O.D. is amplifying each other's anger. If they weren't amplifying it, especially between the brothers, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, they wouldn't be the force that they are. It's just three of them and Tangaloa isn't even in the G1. But they've become a force, and it's because of that unifying anger that they have. And by the way, I think that their anger is totally justified. They have a point. And I think that when you're in a minority like that, and I don't mean an ethnic minority, I mean like three of them against the rest of the Bullet Club and in fact the rest of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you need that cohesion to feel okay having it be you against the world. So the fact that they are a tag team and brothers, makes this possible. Tamatanga can feel like Tangaloa absolutely has his back no matter what kind of bullshit he wants to pull. And that means everything. That means three people can fuck up the entire G1. I probably have over-explained this. This is something you could just put on my grave. I have probably over-explained this. Please, do put that on my grave. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was how a tag team dynamic can be used to highlight a thing about a different person. A good recent example of this is Rapongi 3K, Sho and Yo, are junior heavyweights. And so during the G1, junior heavyweights team with a heavyweight from their faction who's in the G1 and tag with them on the off nights. Yo has had the unfortunate luck to be paired with Jay White. And Jay is like this fucking edgelord and all he wants to do is fuck with people's minds and expand their brains and stuff and show them that he doesn't care. Yo has several times has been used as a kind of like sacrificial lamb and Jay has, you know, not broken up pins when he could and didn't save Yo from getting chaired the other night. Yo is there to make an example. And Sho and Yo... I think they're a really special tag team. I love them. They were a tag team as young lions, and there comes a time in a young lion's life when he must go on excursion. And so they go to another promotion in another part of the world, and Sho and Yo went to Ring of Honor, and they went together. They went as a tag team, and that's uncommon. 
and they came back as a tag team. So these guys have been together forever. They're best buds. They have this kind of bond that you just like really don't have with anyone else. And the other night there was a match where Jay was partnered with Yo facing Sho and someone else. And Sho was getting the crap beat out of him. And Yo got backed up into the ropes and Jay tagged himself in. And he kind of looked at Yo like, I'm going to beat up your dude. And didn't really expect anything to happen. But of course, Yo got in the ring and got between Jay, his tag partner, and his real ride or die tag partner, Sho. And anyone who's ever, like, had a friend could have guessed that that would happen. Jay doesn't understand human emotions. He's a sociopath and clearly doesn't see the point in other people unless they can be useful to him. So the relationship between Rapongi 3K was used to highlight the fact that Jay is a complete bastard. Another tag team dynamic that I love, and it's I'm not really going to make a cool point with this or anything. I'm just going to talk about why I think this particular dynamic is great. And that is Brizongo in the WWE. I love Brizongo so much. And it really sucks because they're jobbers. They are seen as like a comedy team. And... They're wonderful as individuals and as a team. And the great thing about that is... I'm sorry, my cat is yelling. Come here, buddy. You don't get this in the car. You don't get to hear my cat fucking yelling. Shut up. So when they became a tag team, they were on opposing tag teams. And they turn on their tag team partners. There's this moment where they look at each other across the ring and they lock eyes and they're like... Someone as fabulous as I am. And then the backstage dude is interviewing Fandango and he's like, Fandango, like, do you care that you lost tonight? And Fandango like kind of looks behind him at Tyler Breeze, who's standing there leaning against the wall being beautiful. And he goes, did I lose? And their dynamic is so perfect because it's not like they're best friends or... They love each other. They're kind of queer-coded, and they do love each other, but the dynamic is that they're both fucking narcissistic assholes, and finally they found someone else who is worthy of their consideration. Which is wonderful because they have this totally sweet, loving relationship between each other, but they don't like anyone else. There's a great storyline where the Ascension are constantly trying to be friends with them to the point where they, like tricked them into signing friendship contracts and Brizango just like hates them they don't care they're totally gooey for each other it's a surprisingly deep and I don't want to say complex but not common or run-of-the-mill relationship for both for WWE and for comedy wrestling they are a power couple who have spent their lives with all the plebes around them being beneath their consideration and they finally found an equal. I just think they're the worst and also the best. Please, Vince, let Brizongo win. Please just let them win one time. They deserve it. So that's kind of my in defense of tag teams thesis here. I love tag teams. I love tag team wrestling. As you know, my favorite thing about wrestling is it's a storytelling medium and I'm always going to be really fascinated by the different stories that you can tell with tag teams. I know this would never happen but okay I love 205 Live don't at me I fucking love 205 Live 
I wish there was a show that was kind of like 205 Live. It wouldn't have to be on WWE, but a show that was centered on tag teams, that focused on the different dynamics between tag teams. And 205 Live, I, I'm citing that because it's kind of self-contained and all the feuds and stuff live in this one hour of television a week and they get a chance to explore the relationships between a relatively small cast of people. And I would like to see that done with tag teams. I think tag teams don't necessarily have to be a stepping stone to something else. I know in New Japan, they're on the undercard. They're kind of ad hoc a lot of the time. They're just people who are from the same faction thrown together to fight people thrown together from another faction. But I love it when people invest in tag team storytelling. So thank you for listening to this extremely special edition of my quote-unquote podcast. I should stop saying that. Thank you from Muscular Pro Wrestling bed and I'm getting a Patreon together so if you have listened this far and you think you would back a Patreon if I did it let me know I would love to hear about it or if there's other things that you would want I'm thinking I would probably combine it with the wrestling writing that I do and various other wrestling content that I create because I do a lot of it might as well ask people to give me some dollars I really, really appreciate anybody who has listened to this far. I would love to hear uh, people's opinion on it, and especially would love to hear if you have any questions or if you have something that you want to hear me talk about in my car. I do have to say that this has been a lot easier to edit than my car. I'm very sorry I've denied you all the wonderful road noise and the sound of my turn indicator and all that. I guess we'll have to rethink this concept. It's much easier without all the background noise, amazingly. <laughs> anyway... Thank you so much for listening, and wrestling is good. Wrestling is also bad, but wrestling is very good. Thank you for listening.